question. What is the best podcast in the universe? Answer, the Mercy Station. That's right, baby. Welcome to the Mercy Station, where two male nurses talk about real nursing problems, making you laugh and cry all at the same time. You can follow us on Instagram at the Mercy Station. There you can find a link to our bio in our Spotify, or you can follow us on Apple Podcasts. At the end of each episode, we'd like to share a feel-good story that is either funny, inspiring, or sometimes both. And those are usually submitted to us by the listeners. We encourage you guys to keep messaging us with your feel-good stories so we can share them. So thank you so much for the feedback we've gotten so far. Enjoy the episode. And thank you for listening. So what is up? Welcome to episode 13. We got a good one. Lucky, lucky, lucky 13. Oh, yeah. My favorite number. We got a good one for y'all. My name is Felino. I am an ICU travel nurse. I'm on three hours of sleep. Not because of work, though, but because I'm currently binging The Office. And by the way, Andrew Bernard is my favorite character and the best character. Okay. My name is Jake, ICU nurse. I've already seen The Office multiple times, so Felino is way behind in life. <laughs> um, I would ask you how you've been, but since I've heard you say Andrew Bernard is your favorite he character, is, I have to have a small beef with <laughs> you on that. So, out of The what? Office, your favorite character is Andrew Bernard. Heck yeah, man. He's so relatable. All, he's just trying to fit in. How is- he's just trying to fit in. He does so many nice things for nice people. I don't like his anger problem. And then I love his I love his style, man. That's the only thing I like about him, man. <laughs> like, first of all, he's not relatable. He's rich. He went to an Ivy League school. He's super what spoiled. Ivy League school like Cornell, oh, baby. That's Don't right. you know he's always <laughs> dropping Cornell? Like, like he all he talks about is going to Cornell. And all right, <laughs> so I would argue that outside of Michael Scott, which of course is the default favorite character of everyone and almost shouldn't count as a favorite because he's such a huge part of the show he is that show even after he left his presence kind of stayed on the show right and then the relationship of jim and pam is beautiful i think it's one of the best most relatable relationships ever in the history of tv but by far the best character on the office has to be dwight k shrew dwight Beat, beat farmer, best salesman, most consistent character, a man of honor, integrity, <laughs> and the best part is he loves Battlestar Galactica, oh, a show of which I am a massive fan. So beats, bears, Battlestar Galactica, a hundred percent. Dwight K. Motherfucking Shroot, dude. You Shroot Farms, you baby. Sound what like else Dwight is there to Shroot, say? Man. I, love I have not Dwight seen Shrew. one show, Battlestar, Star Wars, or whatever. What are you, dude? Battlestar Galactica. I'm telling <laughs> I'm you, don't kidding. sleep on that show. I've actually seen Battlestar Dwight Galactica. Dwight knows what he's talking about. Yes, thank <laughs> you. Again, and uh, if you want to join us for our Battlestar Galactica podcast, <laughs> that is on Wednesday. Nah, just but, kidding. <laughs> oh yeah, the Mercy <laughs> but this coming uh, soon. Wait, office talk basically. <laughs> so yes, um, so outside of. Outside oh, of that, man. like Whatever. You, Outside of the office. All right. Let's get back to it, man. <laughs> okay. All, 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 all I'm going to say about that is I'm very glad that you're finally watching The Office because... And if you haven't, I, I, all the listeners out there, you have to watch. It's the greatest 
comedy ever. It's up there for sure. It's oh, up okay. there. We're gonna and disagree on that too. The rewatch. Okay. And it's and it's a great show because it has such rewatchability. Oh yeah, yeah. I would argue not a lot of shows have that. To me, I watched The Office when it first aired, and I've been rewatching it probably on a yearly basis since. It's like a constant go-to <laughs> show. It's a comfort food. Like it's after a hard shift, like a long day. Okay. A shitty day at work, man. You just curl up in bed, throw on a couple episodes of The Office, and forget about all those crazy coding problems that happened overnight. <laughs> That's why The Office is so great. But I anyway, like that, man. aside from The Office. <laughs> uh, so welcome to The Office cast. Uh, today we're going to discuss doctors. Go for it, Felino. Talk about what we're going to talk so about this So we got week. a special episode we look into different personalities of doctors. The good, the bad, the ugly. I think we got eight. Mostly ugly. <laughs> I think we got eight, eight, I think eight different types of personalities we listed. Yeah, I think we settled on right. eight stereotype, stereotype, stereotypical personalities. Right. We could have gotten a lot yeah, longer, right? That works. But... Yeah, I think we could do a part two to this episode <laughs> for sure. The, sa- the same with the... Types of nurses. Types of patients, I think we're like we can go. We can go pa- on and yeah, on. we can do a part infinity. Yeah. So this is those, not to know, bash on sure. doctors. I love most of my doctors that I worked with, uh, but the things that we're gonna list are they're just pretty stereotypical personalities that every nurse deals with while they're working. And yes, I'll start sure. it off. Let's go with the first one. Yeah. All right, I I can get behind this. Right. One. Go for it. <laughs> So we named this guy or a girl the asshole. This is Doctor Asshole. <laughs> yes, we we are all familiar <laughs> with Doctor Asshole. We get it; they're busy, but don't treat me like your slave. I mean, this ain't forty years ago. We're master slave, you know. We are coworkers. We work together. This type of doctor is always grumpy, and every time they're doing rounds, every nurse is like, "Shit!" Is so scared to ask a simple question. They're so intimidating. I like to be honest. They're so intimidating, and because this doctor is like ready to blow up, like oh, I just want to tell him, dude. It's like prescribe yourself a damn Xanax, man. Suppository. <laughs> Take the butt out first and put the Xanax up your ass and chill the fuck out, man. <laughs> yeah, dude. This the asshole doctor. I like to call it the sadist doctor. Because this is the doctor that loves especially giving a hard time to newer nurses and screwing with them. Like, there's this doctor you and I are both familiar with. Like, he would screw with new nurses just for his own amusement. Oh, like, his sick sense of humor. Like, oh, um, because <laughs> especially when you and you're a new nurse, they know that you're too scared to speak up for yourself or to do anything. And you just take it. Right. And, and this you, is a regular person. It it's couple, so weird that, like, yeah. you feel that way, but... It is. And it's weird. Way. It takes a while to develop that confidence to be like standing up for yourself. But it, in reality, it really does. Like, I don't know if you want to tell that quick story about this particular so, like, doctor. Basically, perfect <laughs> example is I was put like a two week year old nurse, two week year old, mm-hmm. two week old nurse. And um, so the thing is a central line. And for moral sight, it can get dirty. It's a very uh, dirty site to put your central line in. But in case of emergency, it needs to be there. And 
Mm-hmm. Uh, according to the hospital policy, after three days, it needs to be changed into another type of central line. So he's doing his rounds on day three. And I tell him, <laughs> hey, do you want to take out the femoral line, which is in the around the growing area, and replace mm-hmm. it with a, another central line or pick line because it expires? And I should not have said expired because then he goes, Dr. Asshole goes, so you're telling me central lines have an expiration date. And he was talking about like the plastic, you know, like the the lining. Yeah, yeah, the actual product, the product has, has an expiration, expiration date. date. So I was like kind of confused. I was like, uh, I don't know, but he's like, you should go check if, if <laughs> the line has an expiration date. <laughs> So I go in the supply room and I'm looking through these boxes, looking at expiration dates <laughs> for like 30, 30 minutes. minutes. And then I, looking for and then an I, ask, I go and ask the charger nurse and I was like, hey, do your central lines have expiration dates? And they're like, what? <laughs> like, we, first of all, like, dude, if they expire, it shouldn't be with here. You. And no, yeah. it's like, like they're really, their shelf life is really long. I'm like, What? I go back over to my patient and the doctor asshole is gone and he gives yeah. me a fuck little orders and he was like, oh my God, this guy was just fucking around with me. He made me go look yeah, dude, that's... on expiration of yeah, plastic, he... basically. Oh, I guarantee you he laughed and laughed about that because I've seen him do that similar things to new nurses and he just sits there and chuckles in the corner and watches them suffer. It's, it's terrible, man. Fuck doctor asshole. <laughs> All right. Anyway, the next doctor we're going to get to. Now, this doctor is one that I'm very familiar with working with nights. It's um, working on night shift. This is what I like to call the bipolar doctor. Dr. Bipolar. So this doctor, yes, bipolar doctor, <laughs> man. So this guy or girl is an angel by day and an asshole by dude. night. Like yes. major asshole. Like, which I get it, dude. Like nobody likes to be woken up. I get it. You need sleep. I need orders because your patient is fucking dying. So sorry to page you at 3 a.m. mid-wet dream about Felina, but my patient is dying over here. (laughs) Nice. Like, I got a call with these ABG results, and I probably know what the order is going to be, but still legally I need to make this call. So don't patronize me for for making me call you. And just doing my job. Like, you get paid to do this. You knew what you signed up for. Like, I'm not going to sit on a pH of 6.9 just because you don't want me to wake you up again, your mid-wet Felino (laughs) dream. Like, that... Who wants to be woken up, man, after dreaming about me? Gotta be honest. You can't... I'd get pretty pissed (laughs) off, too, if I was dreaming about myself. (laughs) (laughs) But the worst part is, and then I see this doctor in the morning, and, like, Oh, dude, this guy is hugging oh. everyone, <laughs> giving everyone high fives, <clears throat> asking everyone how they're doing. And I'm like, motherfucker, just like cussed me out like two hours ago, man. <laughs> what the fuck? <clears throat> yeah. Like, come on, dude. Like, I don't want to call you. I have yeah. to call you. It's my job. Just chill the fuck out, please. <laughs> Speaking of chill. Ugh. We got All Dr. Right. Cool in the building. Ooh, I love Dr. Cool. <laughs> Next one, Dr. Cool. This doc is the cool, calm, and collective doctor. Everyone loves this doctor. Super friendly, super smart, 
and remains calm in stressful mm-hmm. situations. I like to call them the fawns of the doctors. You know what I'm saying? Ooh. <laughs> I know what you're saying, baby. I love the fawns, the fawns of the doctors. The physician is, this physician is easy to talk to. They, I mean, they get along with everyone, you know, and it's straightforward on what they want. They're just like, yeah, there, man. Like, it's so cool. I love, I love this doctor. In my hospital, this doctor tends to be either from ER or like a hospitalist from the floor at night anyway. And like when Dr. Cool comes on, like (laughs) you, you gotta, you gotta call for an emergency intubation. Ain't no problem. You got a code. He's cool with it. Like, oh, what? Code didn't work out? It's all good. What do you need me to sign? You want me to sign this? You want me to sign that? What do you guys need? Like, shows up happy, not bothered. Yeah. Tells like, tells the, tells the know, nurse, nev- like, hey, if you need me, call me. I'm like, that's yeah, a trap. Oh, no. Yes. But, <laughs> sure. Yeah. yeah, but dude, I love the cool doctor. Yeah, like I said, in my experience, usually an ER doctor, and I think because the environment breeds it, there's so much chaos down there. That the you either become insane or you become so numb, calm, <laughs> yeah, numb, numb to the chaos that surrounds you, that you just become the ultimate in cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like so, that's that's why I usually associate it with like the ER doc. You got to call for an emergency intubation to come yeah, up. Yeah, I mean, to the floor. like no one, I love no one that. really likes like a really like chaotic doctor because I don't think anything will get done. You know. Yeah. Speaking of chaotic doctors, that leads us to our next doctor. Oh, oh the spaz. Dr. Spaz. Okay. All right. <laughs> the Doctor Spaz, man. I've had a lot of experience with Doctor Spaz. This doctor is always frazzled, looks disheveled, like, like uncombed hair, like scrubs are all wrinkly, like they just rolled out of bed, and they're always freaking out about something. Wait. Um, that you're describing yeah, me. Yeah, like... Nah, <laughs> <laughs> doctor, oh, doctor, oh, nice right, try. Right, right. <laughs> I know you're you're the constant disappointment to your family <laughs> that you're not a doctor. Accept it, you're like, just a nurse, man. I'm so happy you're a nurse, but... Belino, do you want to go to medical school? Oh, mom, <laughs> let, me, <laughs> let me do my travel nurse job. It's like, are you, are you sure your cousin, your cousin is a doctor... Oh, oh God, that's even dude. worse. The cousin oh. of doctor. Oh, I love you, mom. Oh, love you, poor, 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 poor <laughs> Filipino boy. <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, the spaz. Um, I see this a lot with anesthesiologists when patients are coming back from the OR. They're always freaking the fuck out when transporting the patient from them to us. Because God knows what the fuck they were pushing down there. So they're like super crazy yelling out like, hurry, hurry, set the patient up. We need these vital signs. What's the temp? Like, come on, dude. Like, what the fuck were you doing down there? Like, whatever you gave your patient, take take one of those (laughs) because you need to chill the fuck out. Like we got this. Like we we will. Like we're an ICU. We know how to set up a fucking patient. And if something goes wrong, they're in the right fucking place. 
But, like, I don't know what you were doing down there, what kind of, like, shit you were pushing back and forth, like, to try and semi-quote-unquote stabilize the patient <laughs> for transfer. But this doctor is freaking out all the time or yelling out, like, Crazy sometimes words, you see it. Like... Yeah, yeah, dude, like, get the mass transfuser! It's whoa, like, whoa, dude, whoa, just dude, calm whoa. the fuck Update down, Update your whiteboard! Bro, patient... Wait, what? <laughs> oh, hey, wait, wait. We're not bringing whiteboards back into this. Like, fuck. Oh, God. All right. That's strike one. No more whiteboard talk this episode. <laughs> All right. Next next one. I got this one. All right. Dr. Diva. Mmm. Dr. Diva. Dr. Diva. Dr. Diva. Very familiar with Dr. Dude. Diva. Hey, I'm pretty sure a lot of nurses deal with Dr. Diva. Not going to lie. They're stereotypically, it's a neurosurgeon or any type of surgeon. And yep. I mean, they really don't understand the overall plan of care if they're consulted. They just want to cut, cut now, have the surgery as soon as possible, and have the primary intensivist deal with any potential like consequences that happens after. But I mean, yeah, they they're so precise on anything they want, like. Um, if they go into the room and they ask you, like, "Hey, Felino, how come the bed isn't at thirty degrees? It's it's at twenty eight. And I'm like, "Oh, what the? <laughs> I mean, Jesus. Uh, sorry. Oh, also, how come the bed is like at? How come the room temperature is at seventy seven degrees Fahrenheit? Like, all right, damn, dude, it's kind of it's kind of warm in here. I get it. All right, <laughs> like, how." How come this patient has 29 pubic hairs? I specifically asked that they only have 28. 28. Damn, that's, that's not even a lot of pubic hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yes, sir, I will pluck. I will pluck that one. I will pluck that final pubic I got hair. You. I will get you. Yeah, dude. Like the diva, the diva surgeon for sure, dude. Like I deal with this, this diva surgeon all the time. There's multiple, but there's one particular one. At the hospital where I work at, where everyone knows you you're not allowed to, for these you're, you're not allowed to call him for under any circumstances. Only text him under emergency circumstances. <laughs> and once once his portion is done, the surgery, that's it. Like it's it's the intensivist problem. So, like, say for example, this patient comes in for. Uh, a brain ble- a brain bleed related to a hypertensive crisis. So naturally, you would assume that there would be orders to control blood pressure following a ventriculosomy placement or a craniectomy or something like that, a craniotomy. Mm-hmm. Like, but this doctor just does the surgery, dumps the patient, and if you ask for orders, they're just like, ask the intensivist. It's like, dude, like this is your fucking patient, and this problem is related to the entire surgery you just did right like yeah who cares like, if you're like just, just consulted, because, right like you could still yeah play. like who yeah it's still and most of the time like it's primarily their patient like i don't know it bothers me man it bothers it's it's like lazy it's like your part of the job is done it's like my part is to cut insert or slice and that's it dump the patient off and let another doctor clean up my mess i hate that the diva (laughs) Uh, yeah dude oh all right all right sorry a lot of (laughs) a lot of venting in this episode i feel like now the episodes have morphed into just things we hate (laughs) the following people that we hate but next episode doctor different types of starbursts we hate like (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, what the fuck, man? Those yellow ones? I actually like the yellow ones. So, yeah. <laughs> quick side note. <laughs> quick side note. How many? How many Starburst colors are there? There's blue. There's not even blue. Red, yellow. There's no, no. blue. What am I thinking of? The ones I hate. Orange are the ones I don't like. Oh, I don't know, man. They all there, taste there's the orange, same, yellow. Nah, dude, they're all different fruits. What, the oh, what are you talking about? Jesus Christ, you're high, man. Like, Nepro is not the same thing as Jevity. <laughs> tastes the same. Just kidding. No, it does not, man. Nothing fibers, tastes man. or smells as bad as Jevity. <laughs> all right, fine. Especially when it's exiting a patient. Fuck the Jevity oh. shits. Gross. All right, so our next doctor up on the list is one that I like to refer to as the mad scientist, the Dr. Frankenstein. So this doctor is the doctor that has no problem just throwing up everything against the wall and seeing what sticks. It's like, sure, let's put a drain there. Sure, let's paralyze him. Yeah, Might as well do it. Let's paralyze him. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you would be shocked and surprised, like, about this doctor. Like, they're like, might as well X-lap and see what we find. Like, I've literally heard that. Like, well, we can't find anything wrong, so we might as well slice them and see what's in there. It's like, <laughs> what? Like, <laughs> meanwhile, patient comes back with a giant wound vac and multiple abdominal drains. <laughs> and then, like, sure, why not throw a swan gans? Why not? Even though it's not going to tell us anything we don't already know. <laughs> And this and this is the doctor that's usually two minutes into a code. It's like thoracotomy oh, right away. It's like, dude, we're barely on epi number two. You're already at thoracotomy and like mass transfuse. Like slow the fuck down. Like that's to me, that's the equivalent of like you're on your second. You're like second and goal. No, not even second and goal. You're like in the first quarter of a game on second down and you're into the field Hail Mary. <laughs> like, dude, you got the whole fucking game left. Like, why the fuck are we thoracotomy? This doctor's been watching too much Chicago Med or, like, House or, like... Yeah, dude, he's just like, dude, I've literally had that, like, two minutes into a code where the chest is wide open. Oh, I thought open you were going to say, I literally had literally... that where he's like, hey, man, I saw this on House once. Let me... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, like, dude, oh, that would wait, be what? awesome. I hope uh, my dream is to one day be like, hey, man, I saw this on Chicago Med. You want to try it? Uh, <laughs> to have a doctor say that to me, I would be so oh, down. Oh, you saw last night too, bro? Oh, yeah. Let's do Let's it. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, that would be – what a world that would be if you could just like have that, man. But yeah, dude, like I've – I remember this one code like where it was – literally the patient coded probably for had been we gave one round of epi we were about to give the second round of epi the doctor did a thoracotomy as i was getting prepping the second epi and he's like forget that just put it in a syringe and just injected it directly into the heart and started cardiac massage blood all over the floor mass transfusing like I'm like, dude, what are you doing here, bro? Slow the fuck down. Like, you didn't even give us a chance, like, to get a pulse back, man. Like, like I'm telling you, man, Aaron Rodgers, bro. Like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> like, just 
Chuck it up. Ugh. Anyway, take us to the next <laughs> doctor, Lino. Next one, we got Doctor Ghost. This doctor. <clears throat> oh God! This doctor probably shows up maybe a few times, and then when they do, it's a quick breeze through the unit. You just you just like feel their presence. It's not even <laughs> you don't even see them. <laughs> it's a quick. You once heard they were on the <laughs> unit. <laughs> through you never met them. You know they spend five minutes there on the unit, and then you're just like, oh, they rounded. Oh, they made their note, and their note says like they they forty five minutes at bedside with the patient. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Every dictation note from this doctor says like forty five minutes spent bedside. It's like Sp- what? Spoke dude, with, you weren't even spoke here. Spoke with RN. Like which which RN? Yeah, dude. Who's RN? Dude, okay. I've seen it where it's spoke to RN <laughs> Russ Nichols <laughs> apparently. <laughs> Not a registered <laughs> nurse, just some guy with R- the initials RN apparently. Like, like I've had families where it says like 45 minutes spent counseling family discussing plan of care with RN and I go in and I ask the family and they're like I've never seen or heard of this guy ever. <laughs> like, <laughs> Whoa, wait, what? What? <laughs> and then like when you actually need like, something dude, like you you call them and they, they don't answer the phone or you're lucky if you they actually answer. And if you do actually need a work or they're out of town without letting anyone know like they're just gone. They're ghosts, man. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, by the way, like you find out the next day, oh yeah, they're gonna be out of town for the next three weeks. You didn't yeah. know? And it's like, well, they got fucking patients here. Who's covering <laughs> yeah. them, dude? Like, what the fuck, man? Yeah, dude. Oh, yeah, the ghost. The ghost. <laughs> the ghost is real. We're getting close to Halloween, and the ghost come out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So our next doctor is a doctor. I always feel bad for this doctor. So I like to call him the neglected child. <laughs> um, <laughs> the reason I call this doctor the neglected child is because, well, this is only keep in mind from my ICU perspective. So in the ICU, the way it works is they can have multiple doctors as consult on their case, including a primary physician. But in my ICU, the intensivist is king. They run the show. Everything runs through the intensivist. So even if multiple doctors are consulted, the intensivist has the final say on the plan of care. But so this doctor is usually the primary physician that will be following the patient once the patient is downgraded or in a lot of cases is actually the patient's primary doctor that they see like outpatient or they've seen outpatient for years. But yet this poor poor neglected child still wanders into the unit every night to come check on his patient that he cares about and he knows about giving suggestions having all these ideas yet all his suggestions are hopeless against the mighty ego of the almighty intensivist oh, yeah, no, this mean. poor poor man like there's a couple doctors i'm just like i'm like i feel so bad for him every like, time hey, it's a I'm good like, idea you know but but you, we have but to you run know they don't res- intensivist, right? And you know he's he doesn't respect <laughs> like it's like oh this poor guy man. And the and the sad part is is like in the long run, this doctor will probably end up doing most of the work for this patient when it's all when said and done. ICU or something like that. Yeah, like but for some reason the in, the the in the mindset of the ICU, the intensivist is just like if they're. If they're out of the ICU, they don't. They no longer exist. <laughs> like, 
Yeah. Well, I hope <laughs> Whether not, they leave yeah, their yeah, downgraded yeah. or in a body bag, it's no different. <laughs> you know, it's just like, fuck, man. It's cold. And that poor neglected child shows up regardless all the time. <laughs> and sometimes those are the best doctors, man. Yeah, they so, are. Yeah. yeah, for sure. <laughs> and the next one everyone loves, including non-medical people, which yes. is McDreamy. Oh, Ooh, McDreamy. Or Lady McDreamy. Right. Or Miss Meredith Grey, right. I guess. So. But <laughs> all right. Anyway, so McDreamy is like that that caring doctor, you know, like the one who ultimately cares about the patient and wants. This is the best part. They want the nurse to be involved and care as much as them. And so when you work with a doctor like this, like it makes you feel so empowered and inspires you. And it reminds you of why you became a nurse. And then you get to work together as a collaborative team like and it's awesome especially when you can see it making the difference in the patient so this is the kind of doctor that makes you excited to come to work that inspires you and reminds you why you love your damn job oh yeah dude i love those doctors and especially if they're like hot (laughs) dude especially if they're hot uh, cause damn, dude, I need a sugar mama <laughs> or a glucose <laughs> or guardian. a glucose guardian. You know, if you're being politically correct. Aside from your sugar mama hunt, Felino, or your glucose guardian, whatever that <laughs> means, <laughs> whatever, dude. <laughs> uh, McDreamy is always a good doctor. Um, so in all seriousness, even though we spent the last half hour kind of making fun of doctors. We do love our doctors. Um, For sure. Even sometimes when we don't. Uh, (laughs) We understand that everyone is different. We understand that we all have different jobs to do. And a doctor's job is insanely stressful, insanely difficult. And we appreciate you and everything you do. And we enjoy working with you. But just please, please, please try to see it from our perspective once in a while. And try to understand that... We're not trying to annoy you. We're just doing our fucking jobs, bro. Like, at the end of the day, it's all about the patients. Chill out. Oh, that is that is so, a good recap right there, man. So, bring us to our feel-good story of the week, Felino. I'm so, looking forward to this one. At the end of each episode of the Mercy Station, we have a feel-good story. And we usually try to get listeners. If you have one, please send it to us through our Instagram. Our feel-good story on this episode comes from Brett K. He says... What up, Brett? <laughs> All right, Brett, I'm going to share your story. He's a nursing student, and he says, My pre-nursing program advisor was, quote-unquote, advising me to drop out or change majors because I was struggling with anatomy and physiology. I had a D at midterm. I had breakdowns, and I thought that I would never get into the program. Dang. I took I took her doubt in me and pushed hard. I finished my semester with a B plus, and I emailed her, letting her know that I passed, and she should have believed in me like I believe in myself. She Damn. then later quit her job at the university. Oh. <laughs> I've been pushing for going on my fifth year now for nursing, and I haven't let anyone tell me that I can't. I learned to believe in myself because if you don't, nobody can. Damn. Aww. 
Brett, damn. good story, man. Thank you for that. Keep your head up, Brett. Good job. You're almost there, Keep man. It. You're almost there, bro. Um, nursing school stuck, sucks. It's hard. But you will get there one day. We're proud of you for sticking it out. And thank you for listening. We appreciate <laughs> the feedback. Appreciate the feel-good story. And fuck that advisor, man. <laughs> All power to you, man. Hell yeah. Good job. Um, again, thank you for listening to this week's episode of The Mercer Station. Yeah, yeah. Follow us on Instagram at The Mercer Station. Listen to us on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And again, please, uh, if you want to leave us some five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, those are much appreciated, <laughs> as well as uh, we've really been appreciating all the uh, awesome reviews you guys have been leaving and feedback. It's always appreciated. So thank you for listening. And uh, have a good week. Later. All right. But now on to a very serious matter that I feel needs to be discussed. Question. Felino, have you ever seen the original British BBC version of The Office? Oh, God. We're still going to (laughs) continue? Okay. (laughs) Yes. I've seen one episode. Okay. So, I understand that The American Office is a very good show. And I love Okay, the dude, I'm Office. out of here. You can go ahead and keep going. Seriously? It's great in its own right, but I encourage all people that enjoy The American Office to give The British Office a chance because I feel that it is superior to the American version in ver- in so many ways. It's just as funny, but it's a lot more heartfelt. There's only two seasons and a special, so you can get through it really in like two days. You will laugh and cry. And their version of Jim and Pam, which I think is Tim and Don, is just as sweet. Their version of Dwight, which I believe is Gareth, is just as annoying, but like in a completely different way. And uh, Rick David Brent, who is the British equivalent of Michael Scott, played by Ricky Gervais, is fucking hilarious and it's such a shame that when spoiler alert michael scott leaves the office that they did not get david brent to replace him as the boss because that would have been perfect so i encourage everyone out there give it a chance the humor is a little different keep in mind it's british humor but it's so 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 good so please give it a chance that's all i want to say And I love you all. Have a good night.